On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank, we jump right into local college football news with an interview with Soonerscoop.com's Kerry Murdoch. Kerry broke the news that the Big 12 would be moving forward with a fall football season. We get Kerry's thoughts on everything, the Big 12's new protocols, the keys for the season to actually happen, OU announcing 25% seating capacity, and of course, OU's schedule. In the National College Football Roundup, we break down the latest updates from the other four conferences in the Power Five. Spoiler alert, the Big Ten and Pac-12 aren't playing football in the fall. We wet the beak with the odds for the newest NBA award, player of the seeding games, give you our winners and losers of the week, and bring you the latest update from the OSSAA regarding high school football in Oklahoma in keeping it local. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, August 13th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts couldn't be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. And how about these offers for new customers? If you open a new checking account or savings account, they give you $200. If you open both a new checking and savings account, they give you $500 free money, people. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. Now, recording this on Wednesday night, the Thunder are currently in a nice tight battle with the Miami Heat. And where are you, Teddy? Like, (laughs) okay, I know if you watch the YouTube version of the podcast, you'll be able to see it, but Teddy. You are in your car? That's right. I'm in my car, so no laughing. Uh, There could be some passers-by giving me some weird looks here in a little bit, but I'm in my car at Big Cedar in the parking lot. So that's what's happening here. Okay, so I've heard good things about Big Cedar. Thumbs up, thumbs down with your experience so far. Everything about this place is fantastic except for one small detail. No conference rooms to do a a podcast in. Other than that, everything is fantastic. Did you ask? Were you like, excuse me, 
uh, do you have anywhere I can do my very, very kind of not popular podcast? I, I didn't want to, I, I didn't throw the podcast out there. And I, I just said, if someone was wanting to conduct some business privately, is there anywhere that you guys have internet and there's like some little conference rooms or whatever. And I could tell the lady, she kind of like laughed and caught it almost like swallowed the laugh at me. He's like, Oh no, we don't have that. Sorry. Or you're just like, okay. <laughs> good top. Everything Thanks. Else, though. Yeah. They have everything in the world you could ever imagine except for that, which, Hey, I get it. You're on vacation. Not supposed to be working, but okay, this for- isn't work. This is fun. Yeah. First of all, we're so proud of you that you are doing the podcast while on vacation. But wait, so the last 48 hours in the college football world, I mean, holy shit. And you're telling me you've been on vacation during all of that? I picked the perfect week to go on vacation because, you know, typically doing the radio show, this is like, I know there's, it's exciting because there's so much stuff breaking. But as far as doing a radio show, it always ends up being, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's going to be crazy. You know, so there's really no, it's just pure. I mean, I like to speculate uh, probably more so than the next guy. But when you have no real hard answers about anything, it's just, it's frustrating. And it's a long four hours. So I was happy to just, you know, I had my phone with me. And it would completely fill up with text messages with the same question. What's going to happen? Who have you talked to? And I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> I, it's so comforting to be able to say, don't know. I don't I'm on know. vacation, bro. Sorry. You, hey, if you hear something, you tell me. Yeah, let me know what you hear. But there is so much going on in the world of college football, especially locally. So we're going to get right to it. And we have the pleasure of interviewing the man that broke the story that the Big 12 would be moving forward with a fall football season. And that is Kerry Murdoch from Soonerscoop.com. And this interview with Kerry is brought to you by Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer. Guys, stop acting like you're too manly and just accept it. Hard seltzers are amazing, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate, and at Big Cedar, I'm guessing. It's made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at, at Will and Wiley. If you are drinking some, tag us in your social media posts to let them know. The guy that keeps tagging me about it in Joplin, Missouri. I don't know how much I can help you, but just keep doing it, and maybe you'll get some Will and Wiley in Joplin, Missouri. <laughs> uh, he's gonna, he's, it's like uh, he's got reminders every, like, 45 minutes to tweet at you uh, to tell you he doesn't have any up there. That's fantastic. Yeah, just if stay anything, persistent. We'll give it, like, two more podcast, and if he still doesn't have any, I'll buy the guy some and FedEx it to him if he wants me to. Wow. Wow. What, what a guy you are, Teddy Lehman. For the people. For the that's, people. That's what this podcast is. It's for the people. There's no doubt. All right. Here's Kerry Murdoch. It is our pleasure to be joined by the Big J himself, 
Soonerscoop.com's finest. He is one of the morning animals on WWLS, the sports animal in Oklahoma City. He is also the man that runs the Unofficial 40 podcast. He is the most popular man in America. Kerry Murdoch is in the house. Kerry, how does it feel to be that important? Uh, I'm really not. I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the introduction. Uh, I, it's just good to be with you guys. You know, Gabe, uh, I have been uh, with you since your journey began in radio. And uh, Teddy, I've paid attention to everything that you've been doing. And man, I got to tell you, this is not just a suck up portion here, but Teddy, dude, you have come so far in radio and you do such a good job. I mean, from the guy you were when you started out to the guy you are now, you are literally, you've become one of the best radio guys in, in, the, in the area. Uh, and I really enjoy listening to your show on, on Sports Talk as well. So, you guys Well, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. means a lot, Kerry. It really does. Well, are, are no, you guys just are you guys no, done complimenting me, each other? Me. Because I want to give Kerry some shit. Because, <laughs> listen, we always have guests on here, Kerry, and they always use the video component of the thing. And, and now I'm going to have to do a lot more work on the video thing. And I know Ooh, you what did are you going to use as a picture? Right it says my name right there. I mean, that's all people need. I am going to find the worst picture of you on planet Earth to use for the YouTube video. Hey, use the picture he tweeted that one day whenever he shaved his head or that's the haircut exactly he Exactly what I'm <laughs> going fine. to use. That's fine. I'll tell you, though, Gabe, in all fairness, if we didn't have a video component, you couldn't tell right now that I was doing the show from my car um, in a parking lot. So it's very you know, Norman so, of you. Sometimes uh, it helps. Homeless chic. Homeless <laughs> chic. All right. Karen, let's get to it, man. I mean, you broke, <laughs> you broke the story that the Big 12 was moving forward with fall football, I mean, just... Did I, though? Did we really know that it was... I mean, by the time that meeting was over, did we really... I was just the first one to confirm it, that everybody and their dog was Dude, trying to do... I don't know that I... When someone really gives you credit for breaking it, <laughs> just take it, right? <sighs> I'm not good with this stuff. I don't, you know... I'm, you do something like that, and I'm sure you guys understand. I mean... You, get, you make a good play, you got to move on to the next one. You don't get to sit there and gloat because all of a sudden you're going to miss the next thing. That's how I look at it. But Blake Shelton never tweeted about any of our plays. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> when somebody with 20 million followers quote tweets you, I'll take that every day. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that got me jacked up a little bit. It was hard to go to sleep last night. And plus, no. I started listening to Blake Shelton music. <laughs> if you get a Blake Shelton uh, retweet, then that, song, that makes it official that you did break it. I mean, whether it's true or not, that endorsement right there counts for everything. I'll say this. I was a little pissed off at ESPN for not crediting us, uh, which they usually, like, they credited us on the Caleb Kelly thing. Uh, so, you know, I can't really bitch too much, but um, – yeah, they didn't credit us properly. When I know Sam Khan's name was on the story, and he was retweeting and liking what we were doing that night. So, anyway, I'm not bitter. Well, here's the thing that I want to know, because the Big 12 is – they're pushing forward as far as we know right now. They, they came out with a new schedule. They've moved some things around. Um, as we know right now, as things sit, the Big 12 
is planning on playing football this fall. But I think a lot of people may be getting way ahead of themselves as if this is like some – like it's official that we're yeah. going to actually play football. I mean, there's a lot of time between now and, and kickoff. I mean, I know this helps a lot, but there's still a chance we don't play football this fall, correct? Oh, absolutely. And right now is the critical time because students are coming onto campus. Uh, you saw last night that uh, Jalen Redmond had a very nice night uh, and uh, ended up uh, getting uh, popped by the popo. Um, so, you know, the players are off right now. They're going to come back. Who knows who's going to test positive and, and have to go back into quarantine when they start. But this is it. And, and look, I know you guys have probably seen what OU is doing as university. Uh, to try and mitigate this and in and, and the steps that they're taking, having classes only like in auditoriums and uh, not having uh, small classrooms and doing a lot of stuff online. So I think it is a pretty good environment. And I think I've been really impressed by the fact that the team seems to have taken this very seriously and quarantined themselves as much as they can uh, to not, you know, get a lot of positives. So Bringing students, though, back, bringing the population back, you know, everybody is not going to be as careful or as mindful as the players have been. So this is, I mean, and it's not just at Oklahoma. It's at Texas. It's at Iowa State. It's at Baylor. Like, how are these other teams going to do when they're mixed in with the general student population and they're practicing uh, doing contact drills every day? Terry, is, is that what you think the key is? for the season to actually happen? Is it more the players and the coaches and the testing numbers within the football facility? Or do you think it has more to do with the testing numbers and what's going on in the community around the facility? You know, I don't really, that's kind of why the PAC 12 shut down is because they right. couldn't test enough to uh, the, the doctor's advice uh, they could not. They could not have contact practices uh, that were sanctioned by their medical board uh, because the outbreak in California mainly, uh, and they wanted them to test every day. And, they, and nobody's going to be able to do that in college. The NBA can do it. The NFL is going to try it. Uh, they in the Big Twelve. You know, I, I was on Bob Bowlesby's teleconference today. Uh, he mentioned they'll be tested three times during the season. And when they play teams outside of the conference, they have to adhere to those same standards. Uh, and yeah, you know, I was just, I think everybody was so worried that about the myocarditis stuff, like that was going to derail everything. And that ended up not really being a big factor because they realized, well, we can just add all these heart tests on to make sure that we're not putting someone back on the field that could be in danger of a really serious situation. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it really is just going to be a crapshoot. I think the thing is, guys, kind of like with baseball, you're going to have to have a Miami Marlins incident and get past it and not panic and not just shut everything down. You're going to have to uh, have another Cardinals team. I mean, you're going to have to have somebody that really is going through it that's able to quarantine and maybe has to shut down for a couple of weeks, maybe have to shut down for a month uh, and be able to survive that, move past it, and not have it you know, just derail your entire season because it's going to happen somewhere. Somewhere it's going to happen. Well, you know, um, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are out. And, I mean, some people have, have, you know, and I don't know that this is anyone in any official capacity, but 
it's probably uh, fans and people that cover the sport up there, but there's still some people that feel like maybe there's a chance that the Big Ten, it's not over for them yet. Like maybe they're going to salvage this thing. I don't think that's happening. But don't the you love how, how Nebraska's already got that second-class citizen treatment oh, where yeah. Ohio State can come out and say, well, you know, we want to explore our options and the Big Ten just smacks down Nebraska as fast as possible when they say, <laughs> we want to explore our options. Well, you got to win more than uh, one or two games a year before you start uh, saying you're going to explore something. <laughs> well, the question, though, is this. The ACC is still kind of sitting on the fence on this thing. you got the Big 12 and the SEC that are moving forward. you got the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, who as of right now have canceled fall sports. And then there's the ACC that, you know, they've already made their schedule. They've, they've brought in Notre Dame. They've made all these, these uh, moves to ensure the, the ability to play this fall. But the commissioner has said, we're, we're taking in all the information and we're going to make a final decision coming soon. I mean, what side do you think they fall on? I mean, you've got a bunch of schools there that really, I mean, you got Notre Dame and Clemson outside of that. It, you could throw Florida State and a couple other in there, but, there's a bunch of schools in there that really are basketball schools, and I don't know that they care <laughs> that play football. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's a big deal is like – and the other thing is, you know, if you are um, – let's say you're, you're Texas Tech and you lose your first four games, and we all know that's a pretty good party campus in Lubbock. Like, uh, I, I do worry about those teams that really have nothing to lose uh, and players that – probably don't really give two rats ass. I mean, when, when it gets down to it, like to me, baseball players, they're, they're staying, you know, compliant because they they're making a living uh, football players. If you're not having a good year, uh, maybe you're not playing, you know, maybe you lost your job and you haven't played in three games. Like that's got a benched. for disaster. Yeah. You got benched. I mean, uh, you're a you're a quarterback that got benched, uh, and somebody else came and just started tearing it up. Like those are the situations that I think most about, uh, and I think coaches think most about to kind of keep them up at night. Kerry, do you think it's possible, uh, even at let's say that you know the Big Twelve starts, they're playing games. Do you think a team like you know Kansas could start zero uh-huh. four and look? at the financial situation, how expensive it is to test these guys constantly. Do you think it's a possibility that a team that starts off really poorly in a season could just be like, you know what? We're shutting it down. This is costing us too much money. We're not winning any games. Why the hell are we doing this? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, Kansas, from what I know, was one of the teams that was not for – moving forward they were just fine with with canceling a season i think uh west virginia with gordon g or gee whatever the bow tie guy it was at ohio state he wants to play that man wants in the game <laughs> i mean there were some rumors that west virginia might not be in but he's an all he's an he's he's a different guy man i mean he's he's a weird dude but you know I, you know kansas yeah that's a pretty good example uh now gabe are you saying that they're they're they will uh, hatch a plan to kill Les Miles if things don't go well? 
I'm not. I'm not sure I'd go to that link. No, I'm not. I, I would like to be on record like, saying I don't think they and, will kill Les Miles. Well, can, can you confirm, Kerry, that they haven't already done that? I don't know that <laughs> anyone has seen Les Miles in a long time. He's just got to stop it with that shoe polish hair. I mean, just we know you don't have completely, you know, jet black it's natural. Hair what do you mean? It's natural. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. You know, Kansas – it's going to be expensive with all the protocols, but I'll tell you what's more expensive is not getting your Big 12 revenue share from football. That's expensive. Yeah. And if you, if you pull the plug, I mean, if you've got a bunch of guys that have the virus and you've got a legit reason, okay, then I get that. But if you just say, ah, you know what, we just, we're, we're out, of the, out of the running here. We don't want to continue. I wonder what that means for your share. Here's the other thing to think about, man, especially if the ACC doesn't play, but even if they do, instead of think about all of the inventory that ESPN usually carries as far as football games. Uh, I mean, it's packed from morning to night nonstop on about five different channels. But you've had a lot of the non-Power Fives cancel. Okay, you've had two of the big Power Fives cancel and – Another one's on the fence. Guys, their ratings and the amount of people watching their games are going to be through the roof. And the inventory to advertise on college football is so small that I imagine the rates are going to go way up. And if you've only got three Power 5 schools that are playing and they end up sharing all of this revenue, there could be a ton of money out there for these guys. That's just a theory. I don't know if there's any truth to that at all, but that's kind of the way I've been looking at it here in the last couple of hours. Let me ask you guys this. Um, what are the chances that we see a circus component to this season in terms of, um, you know, a, Crossover a, lot of stuff, teams. A, lot, a lot of stuff with social justice going on, but, I mean, all these guys in the Pac-12 that were having these Zoom calls demanding uh, all these things, they're not playing. What if they got time on their hands and they just start going from campus to campus uh, trying to start rallies uh, to shut down football, uh, you, you know, trying to get attention <laughs> for their cause? I mean, like – I, I, I have a feeling if they did that in the state of Oklahoma, they would be um, respectfully escorted <laughs> off the premises. <laughs> Yeah, right. make sure you bring your football gear with you if that's if that's what you're going to do. These are going to be some pretty big dudes, though, probably. They can take care of themselves. What they're doing right now is not thinking about coming here and protesting. They're thinking about what did we do to ourselves to where there's going to be people playing football this fall and we're not. That's probably what's going on. Yeah, but, I mean, it's something that they can try and do from home. I mean, they can certainly continue to do that, and I, I hope that they do because, I, I mean – Look, I thought some of the, the demands were ridiculous. I mean, the, n- there's no way you can pull off a 50-50 revenue split. Um, but at the same time, I hope that continues, you know, to some extent. But, yeah, when you have teams that aren't doing well, uh, do, are, are those guys reaching out to them, uh, trying to get them to kind of help take a stand, uh, you know, whether it through the media or in games or boycotts or things like that? I mean, I just wonder if that doesn't kind of rear its head at some point this season, if you do get six, seven, eight games down the road. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Um, I'm not sure. It, it. I'm sure there will be some component of that 
And that's something that people need to remember is the social injustice stuff. That stuff's not going away. The players are going to do some things that maybe some of the fans don't like, but they're going to stand up for what they believe in. And you have to respect that. You do. You don't have to like everything they do, but you have to respect their freedom of speech. And I definitely think that that is going to be a big portion of this season. And I think that's why a lot of guys want to play. They have, they've become more aware of their platform, Carrie. And I, I think they want to use that platform to spread some of those messages and to spread awareness of those issues. I, I really do. It'll be interesting to me just because, you know, I've watched almost all the NBA stuff. Uh, and of course they have it on their jerseys. They have equality, black lives matter. Uh, you see it on the court, but you know, mainly people are there for the game. So there's not, I wouldn't say there's a ton of opportunity. And you know, in college, the players aren't standing out on the field for the national anthem. They never have, um, where that's different with baseball and in the NBA, uh, in even the NFL, I mean, uh, NFL, they don't stand right or no they do obviously they do because Colin Kaepernick but um you know I I don't know how much of an opportunity you're going to have pre-game to make any kind of a statement if you're a college player a college football player they usually don't have any time at all I mean college footballs they don't do the anthem Ohio State's the only place I've ever seen do the anthem from when with the players on the field usually that's that's if anything, it's only when the but captains the are out. The so damn big. They got to use it somehow. That's true. <laughs> now, Kerry, you kind of hinted at it, um, what the stands are going to look like. OU comes out and they announce the plan is 25% capacity in the stadium there in Norman. Sounds like they're going to do everything they can digitally. And it, it seems like it could work. I kind of liked what they said they're going to do with this. The concessions you could pre-order them and pick them up at, you know, certain locations. But they've Are used you really the term. Concerned about the concessions with your carving station where you're going to be. Damn right, <laughs> I'm going to find. I'm going to find that bird. <laughs> but uh, I, what were your thoughts on the plan in general? It, it seemed like a reasonable plan that if we do play these games, that they can pull this off. You know, people aren't going to want to like to hear this. I don't, I don't think that college football needs fans this year. I don't think they need media in the press box. I mean, I, I, I'm including myself. I mean, I think that, you know, to give this thing a go, to do everything you can, it's just like with the NBA, you watch, and everybody at first was like, why are they wearing masks? They're all, they're all being tested. They're all... You know, they, they all know who has it in the bubble and no one has it. And my response was always kind of a, a sports analogy. Like, well, the NBA is not just trying to beat coronavirus. They're trying to dominate coronavirus. Like, you want to do everything. Just because you're winning doesn't mean that you need to, pr- you know, stop pressing, that you need to stop uh, doing more uh, to, to be great at something. And I just, I, I think, they can put the fans far enough away where they won't really impact the players, I think. But at the same time, you're dealing with bringing people into the stadium. You've got security. Uh, Security are going to be moving around a little bit. 
could you pass it, you know, on to a sideline personnel person? Like, I am just, I'm, I don't know, Gabe's probably laughing because he knows what a quarantine freak I am. Uh, I don't wipe down my groceries anymore. I haven't done that in a while. Neither do I. We, we got out of that phase. We're out. We're, uh, we, we've moved past it. <laughs> uh, I do still have them delivered, though. But, you know, I, I'm just I'm a proponent of being as careful as possible and doing everything you can to allow this season to happen. You know, bands and cheerleaders and stuff. And even, hell, even, you know, I hate to say this, but having Eddie on the sideline, as much as we love having video of games and stuff, I, I'm just I'm a proponent of doing everything you can, and that would include eliminating fans for this this first year. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm not against that. Uh, I, I'm just curious to see what the effect of that is. You know, if I, it almost turns every game into a neutral game, you know, right. I, I know Oklahoma's going to have 25 percent there, but you know, 20,000, 15, 17, 20,000, whatever that number is going to be. You know, that's a lot different than having 85,000, the jumbo chunk going crazy, the third down stuff playing. I mean, in football, you know, basketball, it's there's definitely a factor, right? Especially like playoff games, you get a defensive stop. I mean, I get that. But in football games, there's you have to communicate with 10 other guys whenever you're on the field. And when you've got 85,000 screaming fans that are pumped up, you know, out of their mind for a big moment in the game makes it hard to communicate. I just, it's, it's curious to see what it's going to be like. And I, it, we could obviously play the game without fans, no problem. But I wonder what it translates to basketball, what it translates to TV. Basketball, in my opinion, so far hasn't been that bad to watch. You no. don't even notice it after the first game and first couple of minutes, you just tune it out. Wonder if that's going to be the same with football. And, but that is, you know, simulated crowd noise. Um, you know, the I, I, you know, they've done the thing with the virtual fans. I know college football is not going to really be pulling that off. Um, well, TCU's been simulating crowd noise for years. I complain <laughs> about it every time I go there. They pump it through the speakers around the bottom bowl of the stadium. Yeah, I mean, I've heard joke. that happen, you know, in a lot of places. I mean, wasn't Tennessee blamed for the same thing? with all those monitors they have around the stadium? I don't know that they were pumping in crowd noise, but they were pumping in some little John, uh, the loudest I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my God. That was really (laughs) annoying, uh, being down on the stadium floor. Uh, No, but I I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what – you know, one of the things I liked about the Big 12 is they actually stated, like, you know – as much as we're concerned about the virus and its effects on, on the kids and the players, we're also kind of, you know, concerned about the mental health of the players in not playing a season. Like, what is that going to do? And we all, we've all been through it. We've all, you know, been locked in at certain points, this or that. We've all had to get out. We've all been a little stir crazy. We've all probably been, you know, I know certain people in certain degrees have suffered, you know, you know certain amounts of depression. Uh, as this has gone along. So I, I do think, you know, I'm not one of these truthers. I'm not a COVID truther. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty clear that I'm, I'm freaked out most of the time by germs. Um, but, you know, I do think that the, you know, what is it to say the cure can't be worse than the disease? Uh, and 
I think there's some truth in that. And I think having fans in the stands makes it a better experience, not for just for the players, but for the people at home, because it is watching base. It, it is weird watching baseball with no fans in the stands. Uh, it's just not the same. It, it's, it's sterile. Um, you know, it just, it's not as enjoyable. And so I think if you can let 25,000 in or 25% in, and it adds to the atmosphere of game day, then, yeah, I'm not against it. Now, Kerry, they, they did actually come out with a schedule, and I know that you have combed through it and you have some stuff you would like to bitch about, I'm sure. <laughs> so what are your biggest complaints about OU's schedule? That they're in the Big 12 still? Is that acceptable? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've only had that as my running complaint for about eight years now. <laughs> that, you know, when you look at their home schedule, it just gets more depressing every year. Um, no, I mean, obviously, Kansas State and Kleiman's doing a great job there. Uh, that's a tough opener, considering that you lost that game a year ago. Uh, and as you said, who knows how much home and away is a component of this thing. I mean, OU had a – they had a pretty ridiculous schedule – from the jump, I mean, having loaded, yeah, Texas, Iowa State, and, and Oklahoma State, all in those first four. I like that they put Bedlam back. Uh, you know, I think the one thing that I noticed most when I saw this is, hmm, a trip to West Virginia near the end. I wonder if that game will even happen. Like, will we even get to that part? That I would be hope. the one game I. <laughs> well, that'd be the one game that I wouldn't. You know, if we get to that that point and it's canceled it's kind of like okay yeah i don't have to go to morgantown great here's my thing though are we about to have three national champions in a calendar year are we going to have a fall champion a spring champion and then a full champion in the calendar year three national championships are we going to have two heismans in the same year i don't know I, I'm of the opinion we won't see spring. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I, think I mean, Big Ten and the and the yeah, Pac-12 yeah. have eliminated their football for for 2020 and 2021. I couldn't believe that the Big Ten came out and they were like, you know what? We just started having these hypothetical conversations about what spring football could look like on Monday. How had they not had that conversation? I mean, it was always it was always a very real possibility that college football would get pushed to the spring, and they haven't even talked about it. Like what? The, what the hell? Yeah, Some have even advocated for it. How can you advocate for it if you don't know what it's going to be? <laughs> you know, and I know Ryan Day has kind of said some odd things about you know mid semester should be able to play in the spring and it not count against their eligibility which if you're at Ohio State, I don't know why you care because most of those kids that you're signing are going to play three years and go pro anyway. Um, I mean, it's just I, – I, I can't see – I mean, you guys can answer this better than anybody else. I mean, what it would do to your body to play spring and turn around and play in the fall? I – It's not perfect, obviously. I mean, It's, it's doable. It's doable. Let's be honest. I mean, spring ball – back when Teddy went through spring ball, I can only imagine what it was like. But when I went through spring practice, I mean, dude, it was fucking miserable. 
you talk about long practice with tons of reps. Like you only get the, 15 of them and they want to maximize everything. Yeah. And you're not playing games and the coach, the coaches remind you that you're not playing games that you need to get better. You need to be going hard and practice like spring ball sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we're not playing games. So let's have a 45 minute uh, full on tackle to the ground period at, at the end of every practice. <laughs> it's like a 45 minute game at the end of every day. <laughs> I mean, spring ball practice. Inside drill awful. every day. Oh. Here's the thing. I mean, if they're going to have a, a, a spring season and then play a fall season, they better start that sucker as early as they can. Because if you're ending in, like, middle or late May and then you have only have June and July to recover and try and, like, put on some strength, put on some weight, uh, get some conditioning, you know, that stuff usually it, you, you work on that for eight months before you go to training camp. You know, you, the, the cycle of football is you spend eight months working on your body, gaining weight, preparing, and then you spend four months destroying yourself and, you know, you're whittled down to nothing. And then you've got to start over again from scratch and build back up. You know, if they're done in middle of May, late May, and only have, two months to try and build themselves back up to start a training camp again, it's going to be brutal. They better get that sucker started quick. Well, Ryan Day had said, you know, he wants to start in January. And essentially you look at a season, September, October, November. That, I mean, it's a three-month season, and then you usually have a cha- – you, know, you start your championships there at the start of that fourth season. So, you know, <laughs> January, February, March, I mean, you're done basically at the beginning of April – so th- what they're going to do is they're going to start in January. Uh, that means they're going to have to start training camp like late December, which means they're going to be playing football while everyone else is still playing football. So what have they even accomplished? Oops. <laughs> and how does – yeah, and, and I don't know. You, I don't know. I mean, obviously the Big Ten is sitting there willing and ready to – televise anything that they possibly can get. So I don't think the TV component of it uh, would be wrong. But, yeah, I, I would think February would probably be – I mean, you're ha- it seems to me your camp would have to be in January, and the earliest you could start would be February. And then yeah, you're like I, the XFL. You could maybe – I don't know, maybe start the Saturday before Super Bowl Sunday, something like that, or maybe the weekend after the Super Bowl I mean that that seems like a natural fit to me but I don't think I don't think it's possible to play anywhere near a full schedule if you go with the spring season I think that they should probably cap it at eight games right because you you do have full weeks of practice so it's really adding up and if if you only play eight games you can spread it over two two and a half months and be done pretty quickly. So I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it happens just for the players, just so they can get things on tape. But the fact that they hadn't even thought about it, that's the most alarming thing to me. I think logistically it's doable. But when the fact think, that they haven't even thought about it, Kerry, it's crazy. You got to think that Ryan Day is on that schedule because he wants to give – Justin Fields a chance to like start practicing like maybe he can do something before the draft gets there 
before he has to start worrying about that. Like maybe he can convince him, look, you don't have to worry about all this working out to get ready for the draft. You're going to be playing football and you can just go right into the draft from the end. Cause like, that's his only hope, but I don't, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, that's fine. You're not playing though when everybody else is playing. So are you, really a good to, are you really trying to win a championship in that scenario? Think about this though, guys. I mean, how often if we had the NFL draft on New Year's Day or even the middle of December, how often would it look a lot different than it does in, in April or May? Whenever you, you, you're drafting on what you just saw on the football field, which is what should matter. But after all this other time, you look at 40, you look at three cone and, well, I don't know about his background. And he got, you know, arrested when he was in the eighth grade for open container. I mean, they end up going through all this crap that doesn't even have anything to do with football. So Kyler Murray know, never he, did anything athletically. I mean, he just went out there and threw, and he was the number one pick. I mean, being able to go directly into the draft right after you won a Big Ten championship or something, I mean, that might – You'd be the you'd be the freshest thing on all the scouts' eyes as far as football. So I don't know. It may be a benefit. Yeah, it could be. I agree. Here's what that. I wonder though: are are they going to do? Are they just going to play, Gabe? Like you mentioned, uh, a short conference schedule and then have like a Big Ten championship and then that's it? Or do you think there'd be like a Big Ten champ, Pac-12 champ plus one game or something? Ooh, that'd be fun. Sign me up for that. I'm in I mean, for they that. Gotta have, they got to have some type of conclusion to the season, or else what are we even talking about? All right. It's probably just for the TV contracts, right? You yeah. try to make that money. That's what we're talking about, yeah. It, yeah, that's money. really what we're talking about. But I am all for you play some sort of Big Ten schedule, you play some sort of Pac-12 schedule, and whoever they crown as the conference champ, those two teams play each other. That would be badass. I'm all for it. There may be more football in the spring than there is in the fall. But then you know Alabama I mean, and Clemson's going to be like, we won in this too because we won. Yeah, no doubt. The True. Their spring, it's like our spring practice has gone pretty good. You guys got an extra spot? <laughs> guys, who do you I'd, think? I'd be here for that. Who do you think Oklahoma State paid off to start conference play with West Virginia and Kansas? <laughs> Colin, Colin – uh, hmm. Well, T Boone's gone, so I don't know if I believe that theory. I I just I saw that and I was like, well, that is a very easy start for the Cowboys, and I'm I'm not mad about it. I really I like how Oklahoma State's schedule lays out. That that game against Texas, uh, I think it's on Halloween, right? That game is that's going to be a big one. Now, once Maybe again, Mike Gundy threatened to be a special correspondent for the OANN the entire well, season. I'm sitting here God. thinking, like, depending on how much it costs to buy it off, maybe Trump did it for him. He's you a know? big college football guy. I don't know if you guys heard all his quotes. Right. Yeah, he's, he's clearly in this for the love of college football. And, <laughs> Carrie, and not pandering to his base or anything. Carrie, one last thing. Uh, you have been my go-to guy with questions about the toilet in my new house. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I'm curious how this is going. 
It's going well, uh, but I, I realized I didn't really know. Is there a proper order to go in? Do you have a go-to order with the, uh, what, are, what are they called, these water toilets? It's basically a toilet with a bidet, so mm-hmm. uh, water's getting sprayed up above. But you've which got is the a big one. You've got a, a see, I just have <laughs> big the, one. <laughs> I have the conversion bidet. Where yours is specifically designed from the ground up as a bidet. It's Japanese. It's, you know, it's wonderful from what I hear. I don't so, know why Teddy is, you know, not on board with this. Oh, Teddy, Teddy's not a bidet shamer. Uh, to, I've never said I'm not on board. He's just shaking his head, though. I, well, it's just, it's a weird conversation, and you've got a conversion. It's your which body, I'm, Teddy. It's, Embrace it. it. I'm picturing like someone just uh, put a nozzle in the middle of your toilet bowl, and I just don't know how that works out. It's kind of what it is, though. But it's a it's a gentle nozzle. It cares about you. I mean, it's. I think Gabe does have the enema mode on his, which I don't have, and I'm curious what that's. Some like. people like to be cleaner than others, I guess. Yeah, but here's my. You want to know like Spotless, what is baby. what is. Like what is my cleaning regimen? Like how yeah, I do the order? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the order. That's so. That, that's what I want. So, you know, mine has two modes. It has the female mode and the male mode. Uh, the female mode goes up a little bit further, um, obviously, <laughs> which can be a benefit at times. Um, so I start off with the heavy stream, uh, and I go from the back to the front, kind of a couple of times. And then I go to the wide stream and then I raise myself up a little bit on the bowl. So it, you know, co- gets a lot of coverage area and then I go back to front and then I go middle stream. Uh, and then I finish off with a nice heavy stream from back to front again. And I might shimmy back and forth a little bit as in that final pass uh, in the water at the warmest setting. I'm not a big cold water guy. That's a little bracing. Uh, and then the the dryer at the end, I like a cool setting on my dryer. I don't like heated drying because you can't feel the heated drying. The cool dry, drying, you can tell that it's doing its job. Where does where does wiping factor in? Is it is that after all of this process? Well, here's what you do: you start out. And you, you wipe, but then you realize once you perfect the system for you, the wiping is there's no, there's no more wiping needed. But, yes, you do want to wipe just to see. And, of course, you're always checking your underwear when you change every day just to see if anything's <laughs> left behind. And there is no – I'm proud to say I have reached uh, residueless underwear for months. Wow. Now. How about, I've got an idea for you, you know, because from your description, I could barely uh, keep it together. Uh, I'm picturing you shifting all over the place on top of your toilet seat, which is uh, quite the picture. But if you want it perfect, you need a camera installed, a bowl (laughs) camera. An anus cam? (laughs) Yeah. That way Welcome you can to the carry anus cam. <laughs> I can't lie. I do kind of want to know what's going on down there at times. Like, you know, angle of attack and things like that. 
<laughs> You're probably like, wow, now that's not what I imagined at all. That's a, that's a completely different view. Huh. But I have, a, I have a pretty little butthole. How about that? <laughs> yeah. It's life-changing, I'm telling you. I mean, it's literally been the best thing that's happened to me during the pandemic. <laughs> it really is. And on that like, note. You know how it is? I mean, it's like you get, you, you get to our age – and there's only only so many things you can buy yourself that makes you happy. Like this has legitimately made me so happy. Who talked you into it? I know I you didn't just know. on a whim say, "Hey, you know what I actually need? I need a bidet." That didn't there's no way that just came across your mind. Here's you the had problem. to I'm yeah. single. Uh, and I've got nowhere to go, and so I've had some extra money jingling around. And, you know, I just, I think I saw it on the internet one day. You know what it was? I got, I got caught up like in Facebook with the stupid little cheap Chinese ones that you just put on your toilet. So I ordered one and it took so long. I convinced myself that I needed to upgrade to one with the remote, with the, <laughs> the heatless water tank uh, or ductless water or whatever you call that. And then... I saw the term oscillating, and I was like, I'm sold. I've got to have that. By the, the way, oscillation. oscillation. You've got a re- you're you telling me yours has a remote and – Oh, yeah. User settings, it's like a Lexus. It has automatic <laughs> seat up and down. It's a big boy toy. I could tell. And on that note, <laughs> go join – Soonerscoop.com. Go download the unofficial 40. Catch Kerry every weekday morning on WWLS, the sports animal. He is one of the morning animals, and he is a big J. He is a big J journalist. Kerry, thank you. By the way, shout out to Eddie Ratto, too. He was a big part of uh, breaking that. So Always, always a shout out to Eddie Ratto. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks to Kerry Murdoch for that uh, very informative conversation. Ted, I think is probably the best way to put it. Very detailed. Very detailed. I'd like to see your handwritten notes from that cleaning routine and see if you follow it. <laughs> yeah, I just I, – I can't get the image of Kerry just like shimmying on the toilet <laughs> to make sure he gets every crevice. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the National College Football Roundup. Now, we touched on some of it in our interview with Kerry, but just want to make sure we get you guys all this information. That's brought to you by Insurica. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. 
I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. The Big Ten embarrassed itself. Now, despite the fact that Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day and James Franklin and Scott Frost, holy shit, how about that guy? Despite those guys' best efforts, the presidents voted to cancel the fall football season, and they said they will try to play in the spring, which might be possible, maybe not. But the thing that bothered me, Ted, was the lack of detail from Kevin Warren. He basically came out and said that there was, quote, too much uncertainty regarding potential medical risk to allow our student-athletes to compete this fall. And that's what he said. I mean, that was that. While the Pac-12 came out and they talked about all their medical reasoning and you understood why they were doing it and they were clear, they were transparent, they were very open, they had doctors answering questions, the Big Ten did none of that. I, I thought that they handled it, especially with the caliber of football programs in their conference and the caliber of universities in their conference, I was shocked that they handled it so poorly. Well, you know, I don't understand like what the uncertainty is, you know, and that's what Kevin Warren said, you know, with the uncertainty, we can't push forward and play football in the fall. There's been over 5 million cases in the United States. There's not a whole lot of uncertainty. I mean, there is tons of data on it. We know exactly who's affected. We know what's going on. We know best practices to treat it. We know best practices to, uh, to avoid it, you know, to try and avoid it. There's really no way to avoid it, but there's best practices involved. I just, you know, I don't understand what they think is going to be any different in the spring than it is right now. The virus isn't going to be completely gone. It's not going to disappear. It's always going to be there. And if your players are, you know, still are going to be at risk of someone contracting it, you know, the, you know, the long-term ramifications are still going to be there in the spring. So I don't know what they've accomplished by pushing the thing off. Yeah, I, I think they're really just hoping for a vaccine. I, we're all hoping for the vaccine to come as soon as possible. Um, and maybe Vladimir Putin found it. According to him, they found it over there in Russia. But yeah, uh, that everyone will be really quickly to go ahead and uh, just inject you know what? that Russian vaccine. <laughs> you know what? Go. I'm good. I'm good, Vlad. I'll, I'll <laughs> wait for I'll wait for the American version. It's okay. Now, I I thought the Nebraska thing was hilarious because it was clear. Before the Big Ten canceled, they were making their last-ditch effort. They came out and said, we want to play. We will, we will consider what we need to consider. We'll try to find any way to play in the fall. And, you know, I, I think that even after the Big Ten canceled, they expressed their disappointment and hoped that it might still be possible for them to compete. But there's no way they're leaving that Big Ten money. I mean, they are making a fortune just getting their ass kicked in the Big Ten. They have not been any good the last several years. And everyone kind of shit on them, right? They were like, hey, 
pipe down over there. You haven't won anything in this conference. I kind of felt bad for our friends in Lincoln. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I feel bad for anyone in any conference that wants to play, feels they need to play, and aren't going to be able to because they're in the the minority whenever it comes to voting. Now, not exactly sure how all of these votes have gone down. They haven't told us exactly what schools voted which way. Uh, at least I haven't seen that. So I feel bad for them. Um, you know, there's been talk about some teams leaving conferences to play with other conferences just for the fall. And I don't think that's going to work out, unfortunately, with the way things are right now, with the way the TV contracts are drawn up, uh, that the other schools aren't going to allow you out of it. So I just – I don't know that there's anything you can really do. I hate it for those teams. Well, Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, was asked about Nebraska playing football this fall. And uh, I believe his quote was, no, not and be a member of the Big Ten Conference. So Maybe it was made very clear. It was – yeah, come on home, baby. Come on home. You know you belong in the Big 12, not in the Big 10, Nebraska. Come on home. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that. I, you know, and quite frankly, I bet, I bet they would uh, like to be back in the Big 12 as well. But, you know, I do think, and I don't know what this means for Nebraska this fall, you know, it's most likely they're going to stay in the Big 10. But I do think that there is a chance that whenever the conference realignment stuff does happen, that a lot of folks are going to remember how this whole situation went down and maybe try to align themselves with some more uh, similar thinking universities. Yeah, there's no doubt. Now, still the craziest thing in my mind was Pete Thamel's report that the Big Ten began hypothetically discussing what teams would do in the fall if the season was pushed to the spring on Monday, Monday night is when they started talking about it. I have no idea how this wasn't discussed thoroughly in the last five months. We always knew it was possible. And the fact that they don't even have any semblance of a plan at all from what it sounds like. I I mean, that is baffling to me, Ted. I, I think that just shows a lack of leadership. I think it really does. I was, I, I, I kept reading it over and over going, there's no way that's what he meant. There's no way. There's no way. And I mean, I've heard the same quote from him several times now. It, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what they're going to be doing this fall. Um, it, you know, it took me about 10 seconds to figure it out. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to use what little money they have left in their athletic department to go buy knee pads, and then they will be going all over the country, getting down on their knees, begging recruits to not leave them and go to other schools that are actually playing football at the time. This is uh, the worst thing that could ever happen to you recruiting-wise. You know, I know there's probably – As of right now, there's kids that are out there that are thinking, yeah, I mean, this really isn't going to affect me. You know, they're playing in the spring. I'll be able to sign early and I'll be able to get there. Maybe I'll I'll be able to compete. But, man, 
once they start seeing other schools out there on the field playing and Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Southern Cal, some of these big-name teams that traditionally have recruited really well aren't out there, and who knows what the recruiting rules are going to look like, it's going to be really, really bad for those schools, I imagine, when it comes to signing recruiting classes. And Ohio State is set to sign the best recruiting class they've had in a long time, maybe be the number one class. The last Oops. time the uh, – I mean, I think it's only happened once since 2010 that the uh, SEC didn't sign the number one overall recruiting class. I think Florida State did it once. And this was going to be a chance for Ohio State to be that. We'll see if that holds up. My guess is maybe not. Could see a lot of decommitments coming really soon. Now, we give the Pac-12 a hard time on this podcast. Uh, we do not hide our feelings about our friends out there on the West Coast because, well, they just don't love football as much as we do. That's just a fact. But I do respect how the Pac-12 went about it. Now, the Pac-12 voted unanimously to postpone all sports, including football and basketball, through the end of the year. They said they will consider a return to competition after January 1st, 2021. Now, they said that all of the Pac-12 institutions didn't feel comfortable, right? They were united. And Larry Scott said creating a bubble was impossible in college athletics. And John Wilner from the Mercury News said there were four main reasons for the Pac-12 canceling. And it was there, they did not feel like they had the proper availability for frequent and accurate testing with quick turnaround times. They were worried about the viral spread in the Pac-12 cities. Nine of the 11 cities, they said, are experiencing alarming coronavirus numbers. They looked at the health restrictions in Pac-12 cities. UCLA and USC can't even have players play catch with the football right now. And in some areas, if there was one guy that tested positive, because of local rules, the whole team would have to quarantine according to those rules. And then they, started, they cited the word of the week, myocarditis, myocarditis. The Pac-12 doctors informed the coaches and ADs on myocarditis, and it was, quote, eye-opening for them and, quote, made it real. Now, of course, doctors don't know the long-term effects of COVID-19, and we're not going to know that because, well, it's a new virus. Guys, where it, I, I don't know when we'll be able to say we know the long-term effects, but I, I anticipated the Pac-12 canceling. I really did. I thought that they would be the first one. But I appreciated how detailed they were when they did it. I thought when you compared what the Big Ten did and what the Pac-12 did, the Pac-12 leadership, I can't believe I'm about to compliment Larry Scott, but the Pac-12 leadership looked organized. They looked very reasonable. It looked like it was well thought out. They gave you all the reasons of why they were canceling. And by the end of it, when they laid out all that information, I was like, well, shit, yeah, yeah, they probably should cancel. Yeah, that sounds like a bad situation out there. Well, 
you always have a good explanation whenever you've got more time. Like the Big Ten, Ohio State and everyone was planning on playing football up until about a week ago. The Pac-12, you know, whether they said or not, seems like they made their decision way back in March or April that they weren't going to play football. So they've been able to really write a full pamphlet as to uh, why they are or are not going to play. And here's the thing, man. Universities, you could say what you want. The athletic departments, the universities, like, that's not really the problem with the Pac-12. The problem with the Pac-12 is government, state and local government out there. I mean, the, the lockdowns are very stringent. You pointed it out in L.A. You can't go out of your, your house to do anything. Heck, pretty much the entire West Coast are on total lockdown. The only way you can leave your house is if you're going to firebomb a federal courthouse. Other than that, you've got to stay inside for 24 hours a day. So that's been one of the biggest problems with them is, you know, just the, the local ordinances that they would have to deal with are way too restrictive, you know, way more than they are uh, in, in Oklahoma, Big 12 territory, SEC country, and even most of uh, Big 10 country for that matter. Yeah, so no Big 10 football, no Pac-12 football in the fall so it, it got me to thinking, what will I miss most about not having those conferences in the fall? Number one for me, I wanted to see Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh fist fight. I really <laughs> thought, because remember, he said oh, he was going to score was 100. That was he, said, great. he said Ohio State was going to score 100. I believed him when he said it, and I think they may have fought after that football game, and I wanted to see it, Teddy, and we're not going to get to see it. Yeah, I mean, for the for the Pac-12, I think maybe the only thing I'm going to miss is Panay you know, com- <laughs> yeah, He's coming really home after a long day of working an OU football game. It's usually not that I'm I'm not complaining at all, but it's usually a 10, 12 hour ordeal to sit down in front of the TV and say, oh, my God, I forgot they play football out on the West Coast. There might be a Pac-12 game on, and that's whenever I've got Washington State or someone, and um, that's what I'm going to miss about the the Pac-12. That's it. It's just the fact that there's late games on. Yeah, watching some Pac-12 after dark games when – you're maybe a little bit tipsy. You've had a, had a couple beverages after you've gotten home celebrating an OU win. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to miss that. You randomly turn the TV on and it, you, you see Utah playing and you're like, wait, oh, football, let's go. I was always excited about that because I get to watch Mike Leach in Washington State almost every uh, Saturday night, but that's gone, so maybe I won't miss anything about it. Now, tell me if you agree with this with the Big Ten. I think maybe conference-wise, as a unit, they may have the best group of uniforms out of any other conference, out of any conference if you compare them. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, throw you're Nebraska all, in there. You're all about the traditional uniform. You love you a traditional True. uniform. Now, they do have Maryland's. That does not work out good for them, but – I think uniform-wise, the Big Ten may be about as good as it gets. 
I, I don't know if I'm going to miss the Big Ten uniforms that much. I, I'm going to miss the random trophies. Because every time, like, every time two Big Ten teams play <laughs> each Paul other. The Paul Bunyan axe. There's a trophy on the line. Like, they have a trophy for everything. So, I'm going to miss those. Rare, like, all of a sudden, you look, and they're, like, carrying some giant bucket off the field. And you're like, wait, why is that for, Like, what's that even for? <laughs> it's like every, every one of those games has a damn trophy. Yeah, that is funny, which uh, brings up another question. Maybe the only way Iowa State can beat Iowa is by cancellation. I mean, do they win this game? Wow. Since the Big Ten is the, is the school that's not playing here. I don't, I don't think Matt Campbell and his guys would want it. That feels like a cheap victory. The cancellation, I, that, that's not Matt Campbell's style. I think they're, now I think they, they may have beat him this year, which is probably the frustrating part for Matt Campbell and for all those players in Ames, but we'll never know. Here's, here's something else uh, that I wanted to bring up. Who, what, is the, what is the last time a Big Ten player won the Heisman Trophy? Because they had as good a shot as they've had in a long time this year with Fields at Ohio State. One of the front runners. When is the last time a Big Ten player won the Heisman Trophy? Listen to this. They've had one player win it in the last 20 years. Is it Troy Smith? Troy no. Smith is the only what? Big Ten player to win the Heisman Trophy in 20 years. Ron Dane won it in 1999. Since then, Troy Smith is the only player to win it. Is wow. that crazy or what? Now that's, in the '90s they had they had plenty of guys win it, but that's it. Once Troy Smith in 2006 is the only guy to win it. That's crazy, isn't it? And they had they have a fantastic chance to do it this year. Yeah, that I mean that's that is crazy, but I guess wow, wow. So yeah, I'm sure that the Big Ten is like, well, there goes that chance, and it sucks. <laughs> that we probably won't get to see Justin Fields play any more college football. That kid, whoa, electric. Maybe he'll transfer back to Georgia. That'd be hilarious. But one other thing that I will really miss about Big Ten football, and it's one of my favorite things every year, you're watching a Big Ten game, Wisconsin is playing, and they put the graphic up for the offensive line. The heights and weights of all of those whole milk drinking white boys and they're all enormous. And I just, I love that graphic and the fact that some poor soul at ESPN or Fox isn't going to make that graphic this year. That, that makes me very sad. Uh, Every time you see that, you feel like it should be a a John Madden teleprompter. Well, look at this guy here. He's huge. You see that guy next to him? He's huge as well. I mean, it's, it's, they all look like the same exact guy all the way down the line. Pretty funny. And they put out some really, really, really good ones. And I – oh, yeah. Yeah, it seems like – there's like an O-line factory there in Madison. And I guess the only thing – one other thing I'll miss in the Pac-12, it is gorgeous when USC and UCLA play each other. That may be – you talk about good uniforms, Ted. That, True. UCLA blue and that USC 
I don't know what they call burgundy or red, whatever the hell red that is. That is probably the most aesthetically pleasing game in college football for me. And especially when you won't see it. Think about whenever it's played in the Rose Bowl, the surrounding area, beautiful in the hills, the sunset going down. You got a beautiful turf field to play on. You got great uniforms. And then you pan to the stadium and it's totally empty. Yeah. Well, next year. Next year. Or no, excuse me. In the spring. In the spring. Yeah. Well, I guess well, it's I, still next year. next year. <laughs> but in the spring. Yeah, they'll play in the spring. No doubt. Okay. Uh, quick update on the ACC and SEC. They both put out statements, said they're going to keep listening to their medical experts, say they're going to keep continuing to follow their protocols that have been successful for them. Uh, the ACC medical advisory group came out and said, or the head of it, the chair, Dr. Cameron Wolf, Wolf with an E, so you know he's smart. He believes a fall season can be played safely, uh, said it's going to be expensive. It's going to take a lot of work. And then probably my favorite thing about the two statements, Greg, Greg Sankey comes out passive aggressively and says, you know what? I look forward to learning more about why the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled, like just rubbing it in on them. I was like, oh, I see what you did there, Sankey. What do they know that we don't know? Mm, nothing, I don't think so. I wish Sankey would come out and say, we've decided not to listen to our medical experts anymore. So we're going to continue with the uh, the fall season. <laughs> he was just completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably something he wants to say, but he won't. Greg Sankey, once again, very measured with anything he says. All right, Ted, let's move on to our segments. And since it's Thursday, we are going to wet the beak just a little bit. Just a little bit. And wet the beak is brought to you by Tim Hughes Custom Homes. Are you looking to build your dream home? If so... Tim Hughes is the man you're looking for. Tim Hughes Custom Homes is a one-stop shop for all of your home building needs. He can find you a lot. He can find you an architect. He'll find you financing. And of course, he can build your dream home exactly the way you want it. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, Tim found my wife and me a lot. He found us an architect and built our new home. Tim and his team were so easy to work with. Matter of fact, he brought some people to show... Uh, an example of his work today to my new house. So hopefully they liked it. He's also built several office buildings. So if your business is looking to build a custom office, Tim Hughes is your man. You can see Tim's custom builds throughout Gallardia, Nichols Hills, Oak Tree, Stone Mill, and Rose Creek. It is a great time to build the house of your dreams. For more information and to see Tim's spectacular work, visit his Instagram page at Tim Hughes Custom Homes or visit Tim Hughes Custom Homes. Com. All right, Ted, we have one set of odds we are going to look at, and that is for the latest NBA award, Seeding Games MVP. <laughs> which I love the, that. The NBA comes out and says they're going to name the NBA player of the seeding games, and they're going to name an all-seeding games team. Five guys. So there are some odds out there for seeding games MVP. Right now, the favorite, Damian Lillard at minus 500. Guy has been absolutely unbelievable in the last couple of games since he missed those free throws that Patrick Be Beverly clowned him for and kicked off that beef we love so much. 
he is averaging 56 points per game, seven and a half assists, and shooting 45% from three. Uh, the next best odds, Devin Booker at plus 150. The Phoenix Suns are still undefeated in the bubble. Looks like they're going to be in those play-in games in the Western Conference. He is averaging 30.3 points per game in the bubble. Luka Doncic has the next best odds at plus 500. Luka is averaging 33-11-11 in the NBA bubble. TJ Warren, even though dealing with some plantar fasciitis, according to reports, he is also plus 500. He averaged almost 35 points in his first five games. Came back to earth a little bit on Tuesday, and he's averaging 31 points per game now. And then Giannis, his odds are at plus 800. I don't know if headbutting Mo Wagner helps or hurts his odds, but he's going to be suspended for their last scene game. He probably wasn't going to play anyways. But, Ted, who do you like? Lillard, minus 500. Booker, plus 150. Doncic, plus 500. TJ Warren, plus 500. Giannis, plus 800. Who you I like? Tip, I typically, you know me, I want some odds if I'm going to be gambling. Um, I typically would not like to lay $500 to win 100. Uh, but in this case, it's so short. Damian Lillard is going to win it. I think it's. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he Dude, doesn't he had win it. Sixty-one points in a game they had to win. I, I mean, know. it was unbelievable. So he's gonna he's gonna win it. So I would lay five hundred to win a win a hundred bucks. You know, in gambling, you might scoff at that, but if you're investing money and you could get a twenty percent return, you take it every single day of the week. Uh, so I would take Damian Lillard on this. Here's the other thing, though. Giannis headbutts a guy and gets one game? One game? They're not going to suspend him. Uh, listen, with how well this thing has gone, right, and it comes out, Sham says it again, no positive tests again for the NBA. With how well this thing is going, the guy that is going to win MVP of the league is not going to miss any playoff games. It just, I, I mean, and it was a soft headbutt. Teddy, he was just saying hi to Mo Wagner. Come on, man. And it's Mo well, Wagner. If it was someone of, I mean, if it, frankly, if it was someone important, yeah, maybe he gets two games, but I'm it's telling Mo you, Wagner. I, it's, if someone headbutted me like that Ooh. on the floor of an NBA game, you'd have to, you'd have to put me in a straight jacket to get me out of there. Or maybe he would, knock me out okay one of those things is going to happen what there's no way you let someone headbutt you like that there's no way so you're mad at Wagner you're not even mad at Giannis you're mad at Wagner for not defending himself <laughs> I'm mad because Giannis is so arrogant that he thinks he can headbutt someone as they roll into the playoffs and only get a one game suspension I wonder why he thinks that because they back him up with it total crap and yes I'm pissed at walk I mean come on man your family's watching you kidding me? I think he's German. Maybe well, that maybe has they're to, not watching. Maybe, maybe they're not watching. I would assume they are. They're watching soccer while he's playing in the NBA. Wow. That, <laughs> that probably cuts deep for our man Mo Wagner. But I think Devin Booker, you look at the – Got a shot, man. Got a shot. He's got a I shot mean, at it. Puts together another really good performance. 
It's not enough return, though. It's only plus 150. Right. That's a good point. But, man, I, I really, if we would have had this conversation before the Pacers game on Tuesday, I would have put my life savings on TJ Warren. That guy was, I mean, he was on fire. But I think he only had like 12 points in that game kind of came well, back to you know, and here's bit. something to think about too. They may give an award like that to someone who's no way going to win the MVP or something like that. So that may, that may edge it to a lesser known guy like a Warren in there. So that'd be cool. I mean, he's played so well. So I, I think it'd be really cool because I mean, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Giannis guys are making a ton of money. Now Doncic's clearly still on a rookie deal, but I, I would, I would like to see a guy like T.J. Warren win this, you know, once in a lifetime award. Like this is, this is never going to happen again. Hopefully, in NBA history, like if a guy like T.J. Warren talk about a random like trivia answer, that'd be kind of fun if a guy like that won it. No, I like that. I I definitely like that. Whenever guys that typically don't have a shot at something else get an opportunity to take home some. Some uh, hardware I'm all for. Yeah. And then I, I believe James Harden also has odds at plus 800. And he's in, he's kind of in the conversation, but I think he's definitely in the conversation for the NBA all seeding games team. Now, one guy that's not really in it is Russell Westbrook. He has an MRI on his quad, shows that he's got a little, uh, little strain in there. Ted, not going to play and is going to be reevaluated before the playoffs start. Let's not forget, the Rockets are likely going to be the Thunder's first-round opponent. Teddy, should we start searching for some odds that the Thunder win that series? Because if, if it's a Westbrook that is not 100%, I, I'm sure that that fire inside him will still drive him to do some great things. But I just, I just don't know, man. I, I like the thunder. If Westbrook is hobbled, I like the thunder. And by the way, the thunder just came back and beat the heat 116, 115. And it was that fucking awesome. In. That locks them in then, right? To rockets. Let's go. Westbrook, in. thunder. Let's go. I, hey, you know what? And, uh, I, this is probably Homer in me coming out, and that's fine. But, dude, it, with as many defenders as the Thunder have and as athletic as they are on the perimeter, I mean, it's not that bad of a matchup. Thing is, you've got to hit threes to be able to, to score with them. You do. You can't go out there and shoot 25% from three and feel like you're going to be able to score with the Rockets. Right. One, one thing, though. It's got a ton. Ton of uh, storylines, though. Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Harden. And, and the Thunder, they've got a lot of long bodies, you know, athletic guys to throw at James Harden to make his life miserable, to make him really, really work hey, if Rob, to get Robertson's his points. the guy. Robertson's the dude that knows how to defend him like no other. Yeah, so uh, I think – now, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be the matchup. Thunder, Rockets, let's go. That's going to be so awesome. 
All right, Ted, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. Winners and losers are brought to you by Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. All right, Ted, who do you have as your winner of the week? Dude, the winner has to be Jim Harbaugh, right? He gets jabs in on Ryan Day, and then the, the season is canceled, moved to the spring. He doesn't lose to Ohio State in the fall. And in the spring, let's be honest, man. If you're Fields, are you playing football in the spring? There's no Hell way. no. There is no. no way. So, if they play this thing in the spring, you're going to have a really good shot, as good a shot as you, you've had in a while at Ohio State. You've got a good returning core. You're going to have a hungry football team. Ohio State's going to have multiple guys that aren't going to be playing because of the NFL draft. Jim Harbaugh may have delayed this thing into an actual win over Ohio State. Now, that's saying a lot because I know they've had them. Uh, what they beat them once or twice since 2003. It's crazy, but hey, Harbaugh may actually get a win out of this delay. Yeah, maybe I'll believe it when I see it because Michigan, they've also got some good players. And yeah. some of those guys aren't going to be playing in the spring either. So, if if I had to make a prediction now, give me Ohio State in that <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> yes. There's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, they beat yes. them 15 out of 16 times. Yeah, I'll take the Buckeyes crazy. in that one. All right, Ted, who do you have as your loser of the week? Oh, loser. It's a tie for loser between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. And the reason I'm picking them as loser, you know, when Ohio State is really good, you know, the pro teams are able to fly under the radar a little bit. It's like, well, yeah, the Browns and the Bengals aren't any good, but, man, Ohio State, we're going to win a championship this year. It's going to be a couple years with the, with the Bengals and the Browns. Uh-uh, not this year, man. Unfortunately, Ohio State's not going to be playing. The Browns and the Bengals are going to be under a microscope. Everyone's going to be watching every move that they do, and the scrutiny is going to be through the roof. And Ohio's going to be all kinds of fired up in the month of November (laughs) as well, right? Oh, it's going to just be – it's a combination of very dangerous factors. They're going to have to watch a Big 12 quarterback and an SEC quarterback uh, playing on their teams while they're playing uh, college football and the Big Ten's not. It's going to be brutal. Well, Because you know that they're going to be – I mean, right now they wish they were the SEC, ACC, and Big 12. They wish they were playing. But now that they're not, they're going to start blaming and, and hammering the SEC and the Big 12. That's just how these things go, man. I, I do feel better about the Browns than I do about the Bengals. I I do think the Browns are going to be better this year. I think that could be a 
you know, 10-win football team. I, I think that I, – I don't know. they got to have some things go their way. But, dude, I think Baker took – I think he took the offseason a lot more seriously. He looks good. They got some new jerseys. They Number one, they addressed their offensive line issues. So, I don't know. I don't know, they, but they've got the they've got the roster. They've got to be talent, able to do man. It. The problem is Cleveland. They've gone through phases where they've had good players. It can it never gets pulled together. Maybe this will be the year. Maybe we'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. I was a uh, part of a one and fifteen football team <laughs> there in Cleveland. That was really fun. All right, to my winner of the week. People that haven't been to the Masters, follow me on this so this sucks right augusta national announced that the 2020 masters that is going to take place november 9th to 15th will not have any patrons or guests they said the risk is too significant i feel for everyone that isn't going to get to go but i feel pretty good for people that have never been like myself and me and you we've never been because although i feel bad for the people that were planning on going that had tickets they can't go i i don't think i'm going to miss having to hear those people talk about how life altering of an experience it is because we all know those guys i went to the bat dude you, you ever been no, dude, I've never been. Oh, I can. I don't even know how to describe it, man. It's just, it's the best place on the planet. It's unbelievable. Like, dude, you have to go. You haven't been? No, dude, I just told you I haven't been. So I'm, I'm kind of excited that I don't have to hear those guys bragging about the life-altering experience that they have at Augusta National. Like, Listen, it's cool. I get that, but it, it can't be that cool. It can't be that good. Like, you make it sound like it's better than everything else on the planet. Like, I understand it's probably really awesome. Like, I get it. Yeah, the concessions are cheap. Everyone knows that. Please stop telling me. I get it. I love the conversation. It usually goes like this. Oh, you've got to go. The cons- it was like $2 for a beer and a dollar for a pimento cheese sandwich. And then I say, well, how much did you pay for that T-shirt? Oh, well, the T-shirt was two hundred seventy-five dollars. But you know, what about the, that cup? Yeah, yeah. But the pimento cheese, which, by the way, Gabe, I like almost everything when it comes to food. I like seafood. I like steak. I like pretty much everything. Pimento cheese sandwiches are horrible. I'm glad you said it. Uh, you know, some, sometimes, like, it, since we started doing this podcast, sometimes I feel like we're starting to get on the same wavelength, like <laughs> the brains are meshing. Pimento cheese, in the re- first of all, in the realm of cheese, it may be the worst. Like, I, I, I don't like it. I'm not going to pretend I like it. You're not a pimento cheese guy? No, once again, I'm not. It's fine. Everyone can have their likes and dislikes. It's fine. I'm so glad that I don't have to hear these assholes talk about how much they love the pimento cheese sandwich at Augusta National. We get a year I don't off think they like from it. all of that. It's so – thank you. I don't think they like it. I think they choke it down just to say they've done it. I tried it. 
you know, and like I said, I like everything. I'll try anything. And very rarely, like, I can't even think of anything right now that I don't like. I like Brussels sprouts. I like Love I mean, everything. I took a bite of a pimento cheese sandwich and, like, almost spit it out. <laughs> Didn't finish the sandwich. It's like, uh, no, that is – I'm sorry, but uh-uh. I'll say this. No more. I'll say this. I would rather eat a Beyond Meat burger or an Impossible burger before I ate a pimento cheese sandwich, please. I'd rather eat the north end of a southbound moose than a pimento cheese sandwich. <laughs> What a stupid saying. <laughs> oh, I love that. But, hey, one year off from people that go to the Masters being able to brag about it. I'm sorry, but it's one year off. They'll be fine. They'll get back to their we bragging ways. We could have made ways. fun of them, though. It could have been like, sorry, you had to go whenever it looks like shit compared to what it looks like in the spring with the azaleas. That's true. I feel true. bad for you, man. That's true. But the 2020 ticket holders will be guaranteed their same tickets for 2021. So, Everyone that was supposed to go to the Masters, it'll be all right. All right, my loser of the week, Instagram models. In what has to be the most hilarious official press release from a professional sports league of all time or memo, whatever the hell you want to call it, the NBA put out a memo about who NBA players can bring into the bubble as guests. It's family right? Close friends. They don't count the kids the same. Like it's very reasonable. And then Woj put this out there. He said, and this is, this is a quote, (laughs) but once guests become allowed when the playoffs start, these people are not allowed quote, any individual, the player has not previously met in person or with whom the player has limited in-person interactions for example, known by the player only through social media or an intermediary. I don't need, I, I have questions about that, but I feel so bad for the thirst trapping Instagram models. They thought they were going to get in the bubble, Teddy, and literally a hey, kudos to the NBA. They understand their players. I can only imagine how devastated James Harden was when he saw this. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess my my question is, how do you enforce this? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Harden. Uh, how long have you known Brittany XXX? <laughs> um, I've known her for four or five years. We went to the same high school. Like, how are they going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do they know how many times you've met this person or seen this person? They're going to go through your social media profile? I think that they will. Uh, honor I, I, system? Yeah, right. We'll see how that goes. I assume that the NBA has a pretty thorough investigative team and they'll do some digging right now. Well, some other people that aren't allowed James tattoo Hart. artists, <laughs> <laughs> personal chefs, massage slash physical therapists, uh, agents. But yeah, I just, the, well, the, think about they it. Made a, they made a rule so that Instagram models can't come to the NBA bubble. That is hilarious. Well, here's the thing. is As often as Lou Williams goes to Magic City and all the other NBA players, I mean, there's a long history of knowing the ladies there, so they should be able to get in just fine. 
and watch the NBA's bubble go from tight, secure, no positive test to an absolute, absolute, you know what show as soon as the guests and people start coming in. It's going to be horrible. It's it's going to be interesting. I I know the NBA there. I because these people are going to have to take tests. They're going to have to quarantine either in the home city of the team or they can do it all in Orlando. There's a couple different options there, but please don't ruin it. Family and close friends of the NBA players. We have all enjoyed the hell out of this. Please don't ruin it. But the Instagram models aren't ruining it, Ted. They're not allowed in. I've known, I've known chastity for years. <laughs> it's going to be great. I can't wait. It's going to be well, great. The story is That's strange. It says here she's 18 years old. How have you known her for years? Oh, oh no. <laughs> I've known her for six years. She's 20 years old. Oh, oh my. Oh my God. All right, Ted, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. And that is keeping it local, where we highlight what's going on in the great state of Oklahoma. And keeping it local is brought to you by Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. As schools look to reopen in the fall, Parents want to provide the best possible educational experience and spiritual development for their children. There's no better place for that than Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. A one-to-one iPad setting makes McGinnis students fully prepared to continue high-level learning from home. A 12-to-one student-to-teacher ratio guarantees no student is overlooked. In addition to athletic programs and clubs, Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. Financial aid is available for more information visit bmchs.org and i think they started school so we're probably gonna have to rework that ad read i'll get right on that uh, I, I got an email that i need to send all right ted cameron jordan writes an article in the oklahoman detailing what the ossaa board of directors decided and they took no action no action during their board meeting on wednesday so that means that fall high school sports in the state of Oklahoma are going on as planned. We're talking full schedules and everything. Now the executive director of the OSSAA, David Jackson said they will continue to monitor everything closely, but didn't see anything to change course at this time, which I found very interesting. We saw what OU's trying to do. So it's, um, it's like they're kind of following what's going on in the bigger picture and I thought this was really interesting. As far as fan attendance, it's going to be up to each school. So I reached out to some people that I know that coach uh, around Oklahoma City, and there's already several schools that have told parents of players that there's not going to be any fans at high school football games that they host at their home stadium. And it made me sad because you know how awesome high school football is. But I guess I understand. I guess I understand. So there's going to be some games with no fans. But you get into these small towns in Oklahoma, there's no way that the whole family's not coming to the game. There's just no way, Ted. Yeah, how are you going to tell all 40 people in town that they can't come to the local high school football game? I'm just glad they're playing. You know, I know Great it's point. not perfect. Great point. You know, I, we talked about this before. Your senior year playing football, like how important that is, and 
and what it's like for most guys. I mean, most teams across the state, in every state, not just Oklahoma, but most teams across the state don't have guys that go on to play college football. I mean, very few actually do. So for most of those those teams, it's guys that they've, you know, whether like for me, for instance, my high school football team, the senior class, those are the guys I went to kindergarten with. Same guys, K through 12, these smaller schools, you know these guys from, you know, the first time you step foot into that school and you're with each other the whole time. And it's just kind of the completion of the whole time, little league, junior high, high school, all the things that you've done kind of lead up to that one moment. So it's really special. It's a coming of age for a lot of kids, uh, boys across, you know, the United States to play their senior season of football. So I'm glad that they're doing it. It's not perfect, and I hope it goes well, but I'm glad that they're pushing forward with it. Yeah, I just hope that as they continue to monitor everything that, you know, things keep going well in the state of Oklahoma and that, you know, people keep being responsible so these kids can get to play their entire high school football season. We'll see. I think everyone is very interested to see what happens with some of the numbers as kids return to school. I think we're all interested, honestly. Hopefully everyone's staying safe. Come on. We can do it, Oklahoma. We can do it. Let's go. I don't care what anyone says. We can do it. Damn it. We got this. We got this. All right, Ted, episode 33 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that will drop Monday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. You can hear me on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375, which lives, baby, because the Big 12. Let's go. Hope you all have a great week. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening and do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one.